what's your mindset routine and what are the tools that you use to help you stay accountable, stay persistent and keep growing on a daily basis? The first thing you have to work is mentally prepare yourself for success because if that doesn't happen, nothing else happens. And in doing so, what I do is I wake up at 4, 4.30 in the morning. First thing I do, let me back up, is show gratitude towards God, the people around me. Be grateful for the things I have. And that puts you in a good, positive mindset. That's the most important thing. When people start complaining a lot, they're not showing gratitude for their success. They're not thanking God for being able to woke up with another breath of air in your lungs to be able to go at it again. Hello and welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast with Vivian Adriano. Today we have a very special guest with us. Alex Valencia will be talking about his journey a little bit here and, and where he came from, what, what he's doing to be so successful within the agency. And uh, yeah, let's just let's just get right into it. Right. So as always, we have Viv with us. Hello, hello, hello. And then we got Alex. Say hello to everyone, Alex. Hello, everyone out there. All righty. So, yeah. I mean, let's get started. I guess, Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little snippet so people know where you came from, and, and then we'll get into it a little bit on how you found uh, Aria Life Group and, and so on and so forth. So let's let's go for it. Sure, sure. Thank you very much for having me on here. I basically been involved in the financial uh, services business going back to when I was about 21, 22 years of age. I uh, was involved in, in Wall Street and commodities, had my own commodity firm, et cetera, and um, through the couple of years, I, I just wanted a change in my life. I got involved in the insurance business, didn't know much about it, followed one of the people that used to work with me to a different company. Um, when you're first starting off, you, you're basically learning a little bit about the business itself, and then you figure out what's the best company out there. So I was there for about three and a half years, uh, was doing well in their eyes, not in my eyes, wasn't making a lot of money, but was collecting a lot of trophies and certificates and plaques and things of that nature. And um, pretty loyal guy, didn't want to move anywhere, and, but I kept running into financial issues. And it's really kind of strange where you're considered one of the top producers, but you're not really making any kind of real money. And so finally I started listening to a few people that were trying to recruit me. And, um, and then I heard about Vivian and Adriana. And uh, a lot of it had to do with the success that Vivian had in the business. And I've always wanted to be associated with the very best. And when I heard that she was a $100,000 producer a month, which was unknown in my old business, in the old company, I said, okay, let me just at least sit down and listen and see how it goes. I'm a, a person that deals with a lot of like, uh, I got to feel the person. I got to have to feed off the energy. So I was looking forward to the, uh, to the interview with you guys. And when I sat down and spoke to you guys that day, that was it. Within a couple of seconds, I felt the energy. I felt the genuine, um, you know, with the, you were coming from a genuine standpoint, and that was it. I finally found the place, felt I found the place where I could really um, maximize, you know, my potential in the business. And, um, and that was in December 2021, I think it was. And then I came over, and I think I went to the, um, the first um, uh, convention in February of 2022 is what it was. Uh, and from that point forward, everything just changed. I was there for the three days in Miami, and I was like, finally, I found a place where I think I could really make it work. And I say think because you don't know until you actually get into it. And it was a lot greater. The end result was a lot better than I anticipated, so that's why I'm here. Amazing. All right, guys, just so you understand a little bit about uh, um, Alex Valencia. So Alex came in um, beginning of 2022. He went to convention, um, and then... 
I I just I watch him like he's a freaking killer. He just he just does it right. But he was just coming to the office. He was analyzing everything. He's putting books together. He was getting spreadsheets and he was getting ready to be ready. And I was like, this is not what we do in the business. This is not. If you want to succeed here, you have to just like Sean says, move fast and, and break things. So one day I had, I don't know, eight appointments in the books and I got really sick. So it was like, hmm, I'm going to call Alex and I'm going to have him run my appointments and I'm going to throw him out you know, there and, and see what's going to happen. So, so Alex, tell us a little bit about like when, like, I know that you came in in the beginning of 2022, but it, like the, this start was a little bit like slow. There was a lot going on. You were recruiting people. You're trying to learn the products. You're trying to learn the process. And I was running full time at the time. I was running on Zoom. You were watching all my presentations. You were recording all my presentations. And um, what was it like that? within those first few months that got you to be like, hey, I'm going to go in, I'm going to jump heads first, and, and I'm going to make this happen? Sure. Um, well, that that particular day uh, is when it all happened. So even though I, I did come over and transition, I would say, between February and March, I consider my first real day in the business late May. And that's when you woke up one day and said, Alex, I'm going to throw you to the wolves. Those are the exact words. And so what, what was happening in the very beginning is a lot of hesitancy because you're afraid of failure. You're, you think, you know, it was, it was a situation where I couldn't afford to fail. And so you, you tend to hesitate sometimes. You get into your thoughts, et cetera. And you notice that. Uh, but you also, both of you, when I was working at the office, noticed that I had some kind of something in me that, that could, I, could be, I could do well in this. And so that particular day, um, you gave me a call. And let me back up a little bit. So what I've been doing all the way up to that time was – Getting involved in the um, the live, uh, uh, you know, when you're pre giving presentations, a lot of the the, the training, recording, uh, listening, taking notes, etc. Really trying to master everything, and uh, and I just needed a push, and that's what you did for me one day. And I really didn't even know if you were being truthful or not. If you were actually, it was just kind of testing me. But either which way, I think you gave me five appointments and I closed four that day. And it was a mix. One of them was up in uh, West Palm Beach early in the morning, closed that one, came home and had a, a, an appointment on Zoom, closed that one, went down to Homestead. If you guys know Florida, Homestead and West Palm <laughs> Beach are completely opposite ends yep. of each other. Um, like two hours away. Like two hours away. And I ended up closing two more that day. And I did close to 10,000 that day or maybe 8,000. Don't want to exaggerate the numbers. But it was a big day. And that was the push that I needed. There was a sense of confidence like I could do this. And the biggest thing you told me that day, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do. But you said, Alex, just be you. Let your personality come out. Just be you. Because on my way there, I'm taking out my scripts. I'm reading it. I'm trying to pay attention to the road. I'm reading the scripts back and forth, trying to remember these lines. you know. And, and I said to myself, no, Alex, you know how to do this. I put the, the script away. And I said, you know, just go out there. Show that you care. Ask the right questions. And boom, and let it happen. And it happened. I happened to... Close all the. I closed all but one appointment, so it was uh, it was four out of five, and um, from that day forward, never looked back. Started buying a bunch of leads, and um, and pro progressively, just my my production just kept going higher and higher and higher every single month. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then now, guys, fast forward. Alex is uh, you know consistently doing close to a hundred thousand dollars every single month. 
He does everything on Zoom, so no driving two hours between appointments anymore. No, no more. more. Our entire agency is on Zoom. So how was how was that? Um, and and I know that you did you did some in home, but when you came in, you wanted to do virtual. Like that's what Correct. you were you're looking to do. So how was it for you coming in as a brand new agent? Um, and you weren't a brand new agent. You've done it before, but it, what we were doing here is very was very different than what you're doing in your previous company. So coming in as a new agent, um, learning a system, learning the products, trying to kind of catch up with, you know, Aria has some of the highest producers in the industry. So you're trying to catch up with these really big producers. And the thing about you, Alex, you have this, you always had this massive potential. So you're very competitive too. So you're seeing all these people doing all of that. And I remember one day you called me and you said, Viv, I mean, not to say anything bad about anybody, but I see all these people doing, you know, 50 grand, 60 grand, 80 grand, 100, 100 grand a month. And uh, I mean, they, they're good. They're very good. But I know I can do more. Sure. I know I can be up there. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's confidence. And that's that's that, that, that competition that's not with anybody but with yourself because you know what you're worth and you know what you're capable of. So how was it for you coming in and, and just getting from, hey, I'm going to get a few appointments here from Viv. I'm going to start running some appointments here, dialing the phones. I know there was a little bit of a, you had a little bit of a difficulty there, getting mastering that. And then getting to that point that you are, you know, consistently doing, you know, 20 grand a week, sometimes more than that. And uh, going for those big numbers that not a, not a lot of people in this industry actually get. Yeah, so one of the things that, like I mentioned, I'm very competitive, and I always said I'll work everyone in the room. So one of the key things about your particular group, our particular company here, is um, it's it's you raise people's paradigm. And what I mean by that is, in the old company that I was with, if, if what I did in one week was considered a great month over there. So you, you kind of like start adjusting your expectations based on the people around you. Uh, that's a natural thing to do. That's why they tell you to always surround yourself with the people that – that motivates you and move you in a direction that you want to be. So when I got here and I saw people doing, you know, 80, 90, and at that particular time, you were doing 100, and I think one or two other people did, and I said, okay. I, I listen to them. I see the way they speak. I could speak better than them, in my opinion. And you have to have pride and ego in yourself in, in this business as well. And, and it wasn't knocking anybody down. I just felt confident in what I could do, and I said, if they could do it, I could do it. So... The fact that I was in a group of people that there were such so many people selling at a high level made me rise up to that level as well. And it's like they say, you know, when the, the boats, you know, when the tide comes in, all the boats rise. So when you're in that type of environment, you're going to get that energy becomes synergy and everyone, it starts getting addictive. And as a result, you know, I just adjusted my mindset, adjusted my level of my, I, I, I worked on my skill set on a consistent basis to get me to that level because I just could not be, I could not accept nothing but being at that level. And I, I commend both of you for creating that kind of environment because that's that's imperative. You know, if you, you don't want to be the king of the dipshits, you know, you want to be in a, <laughs> in a pool of people that are competing at a high level because if you're competitive, you're going to rise up to that level. Well, I think that's very well said. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I was playing hockey at a high level, it was kind of the same thing. Like there were there were you had to 
So for me and where I excelled was always in playing teams that had better players than we did. Because, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they had better players, but they had players who brought it more often than ours did. Mm -hmm. So if I'm out there giving 120% and the rest of my team is giving 80, and then we play a team that's like all the entire team's giving 120, you better believe that we have to raise our game. Sure. And so that's kind of it. You know, it's accountability too. Most people are unwilling to hold themselves accountable and, and to really immerse themselves in the, within the culture of a team. Uh, but for Viv and I, it's it's always been like, um, it's always been the case where we're both, we're always at it, you know? And now Viv, the only reason why we have so many producers that are, are capable of doing what they're doing is because Viv did it before that. Sure. You know, when we, when we started in this business, as everybody knows, we were like half a million dollars upside down. Mm -hmm. Like we were in survival mode. So we had to figure it out. I was setting appointments and Viv was driving around South Florida like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. and, and we made it happen because we had to. So that's kind of the, the environment we've always tried to have and that, we, that we're very proud of. And we don't take anything or anyone for granted. And I think uh, that's why we love working with people like you because you just, you get it. You know, you're, you're here to win. And, uh, and, and we couldn't be happier, to be honest. I'll I tell you something funny. And, and, and it, it, it speaks volumes of this group. So you'll, you'll, you'll there, you're, you're looking at your numbers, you're filling up your, your, your appointment sheet, you know, with appointments, et cetera. You're busting your ass, you're going at it. And you end up being like third or maybe fourth for the week or for the month. And you sit back and you're like, damn, you know, I couldn't hit the top. I couldn't be number two. I couldn't even be number three. And then you look at the numbers for the entire IRA, com uh, uh, excuse me, FFL company. And I'm like top 10. You know what I mean? And the whole entire thing, but I was like number four or number three for our particular group. And it's like, it puts things in perspective how, you know, being around the right people, you really, even when you're not, when you think you're not doing that well, you're doing very well, but it's a matter of perspective. Within my group, I felt I could do a lot better. But if you speak to anybody out there and you look at you made top 10 or top 20 in the entire organization, you're a champion. And it wasn't good enough for me because I had to be in the top three, you know what I mean, and that's uh, based on the, you know, the, the culture that this this particular group has put together, which is great. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I think culture is um, is very important, and I think that people don't talk about it enough, and um, it's downplayed a lot. Um, and the other thing is is mindset as well. So you know, I'm very big with mindset, uh, and you are one of the best people to talk about mindsets, just because. You're older, you came from a background that you had to learn it yourself, like we did. Uh, if it wasn't for my mindset disciplines, Adriano, mindset dip disciplines, I don't think it w we would have been able to build what we built. So my question is, like, um, what are your processes to uh, make sure that you are consistent like you are? You're one, one of the most consistent people I know. You are hungry, you are extremely persistent, You're gonna, you don't complain. It's a beautiful thing. Like you're gonna have bad days, and you don't complain. You just find 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 a, a solution, right? Um, and then there's the people that that choose. Hey, I'm gonna complain. I'm gonna blame on this. I'm gonna blame my my failure on that. Or and even though they had success before doing the same thing that they were doing, and they will not take the accountability as like, hey, it's me. I need to change me. Something changed in me, other than whatever processes I'm using. What is what's your mindset routine, and uh, what are the tools that you use? 
use to help you stay accountable, stay persistent, and keep growing in, on a daily basis? Great question. Um, I've always been, you know, growing up as a child, I, I suffered from a little bit of depression, and I didn't even know what it was uh, because when you're coming from a place where you know you don't have a lot of money and you're not feeling well or whatever it may be, you're crying, you don't know why you're crying, and you, later on you, you realize you suffer from depression. So when I got into the business and I started reading these books, self-help books, and it started teaching you how to basically, you know, uh, basically the first thing you have to do is is prepare yourself for success. Success happens mentally. And to kind of fast forward through the years, I realized that no matter what it is that you're going to approach in life, be it getting physically fit, getting uh, doing well at work, your relationship, whatever it may be, the first thing you have to work is mentally prepare yourself for success. Because if that doesn't happen, nothing else happens. And um, in doing so, what I do is I wake up at 4, 4.30 in the morning. I, I do a lot of uh, vision casting. I read. I mentally visual, visualize my goals. The first thing I do, let me back up, is show gratitude towards God, the people around me. Thank, uh, be grateful for the things I have. And that puts you in a good, positive mindset. That's the most important thing. When people start complaining a lot, they're not showing gratitude for their success. They're not showing... They're not thanking God first for being able to have woke up with another breath of air in your lungs to be able to go at it again. So the first thing I do every morning is, is just show gratitude and thank him for everything I have. That puts me in a good, positive mindset. From there, I start doing, you know, we started doing the six-phase meditation phase. I do that every morning now. It takes about 18 minutes. I read, and I look at my goals that I have set down, and I just close my eyes and I visualize, I, I visualize myself walking, you know, into an office, um, generating the income that I'm looking, helping the number of people, et cetera. And I do that twice a day because what the mindset helps you to do, every, no one needs success or help when you're successful and you're doing well. To me, a lot of the mindset that you do, a lot of the mental preparation that you do is to help you through the tough times. So when something goes bad, that's where the, the mental preparedness comes in, where you're basically preparing for those tough times. Because when you're doing well, no one could tell you to do any different. But when your things are going tough, you know, that's where the mindset kicks in and starts forcing you or you, you, you start adapting, adapting habits that make you do the things even when you don't want to do them. But you do them because you know that at the end of the road, you're going to have a success. Look, we all have to sacrifice sometimes. You either sacrifice it today or you sacrifice it down the line, you know? Yeah, choose your heart. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's what choose I, your I heart, usually yeah. say, choose your heart. I mean, sometimes people come to me and say, oh, dialing is hard. And I'm like, well. Not having money to pay rent is harder. The biggest thing is, yeah. is Pick the, your heart. The, the regrets. You're going to regret the sacrifice you have today or you're going to regret lifestyle that you're going to have down the line, you know? 100%. And, and the thing is, like, uh, between um, uh, me and Adriano, we started in this business about... I would say three years ago, you know, counting the previous company. And when we came in, there were all these people that were recruiter, uh, recruited and they started at the same time as us. And um, at the time, you know, like we were all new, so we we're bonding, we we're talking to each other and stuff. And I really don't remember that many people that still here that started in the industry with us. I don't even think I remember anybody that started with us. They are all gone. Uh, and I know that some of them are having, you know, um, financial issues or family issues and such and such. And I feel so bad because I feel like 
there should be something that I could have done to kind of show them, hey, if you just don't give up, this is where you can go. And and, and we are the living proof, like our lives today. Like our life, like I, we were sitting in the couch yesterday and I said, honey, do you remember last year, this time, 4th of July, we didn't live in this house. So we bought our home. We bought our home in, uh, I think it was August. August, yeah. August. We bought our home in August. And it was like this. I don't, you probably remember this. One day, I got up and uh, I noticed, oh, my lease is going to expire. I have to contact my landlord. So I contacted my landlord. And I said, hey, we want to renew our lease. And then we were paying $7,000 a month for the rent on that house. Mm -hmm. That was rent. That wasn't mortgage. It was rent. And I said, hey, we want to renew, renew the lease. And we knew that the market, like from the year before to now, were like a lot more expensive. But, you know, we've been here with great, great tenants and stuff. So we sent taxa to him and he's like, yeah, absolutely. You can renew. It's going to be $14,000 a month. So it's like, here's. <laughs> 14, from 8 to 14. Yeah. So, seven seven to 14. 14. Yeah. so he doubled it. And the thing is, like, we're looking at this saying, I don't think so. Did you, did you just say $14,000 a month to rent a house? And at that point, like, I look at Adriana and I said, this is great. We're going to buy a house. And and the thing is, like, we're like, we weren't thinking, like, we were, we're focusing on building our agency and growing the agency. And I was in the field. I was working like crazy. And we're, we're bringing a bunch of people in and helping everybody, you know, grow. So it was like, oh, my God, now we have to buy a house, too. And a few months before, we were looking at houses and we couldn't find anything in Miami. The market was horrible people were coming in and they were closing homes you know like with an extra cash, i don't know no like cash no contingency whatever so yeah, next thing you know list. i called uh, i called uh, uh, my real estate agents and said hey we have to go look at some properties and i knew at that moment and, and i think that that one moment was that that the pivoting moment in our life. So we went to look for properties and uh, the home that we live in now, we, you know our home, which is a freaking paradise. Mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, half an acre. It's got like an unbelievable backyard. It, we, re, we remodeled the house. The house is everything we wanted. Uh, but we went out to look for homes and that home was the second home we saw. And it was nothing like I wanted. I walked in and I said, oh my God, you're going to have to, to, to renovate the whole thing. Uh, but it did have the back the backyard I wanted. I said, "Hey, you can't you can't build a backyard, right? Right? You can't create this space." So we put the offer in and we purchased a home, and like that was the pivoting moment for us because that day we put an offer in, and I we needed what two hundred grand to close on that home, and we didn't have that money, but we put the offer in. So I look at Adriana and say, "I'm going like." to the field full time and I'm going to make that money within three weeks so we can close. I needed to have the money on the bank account to close. And, and that's the power of this business and the power of mindset. Because I had that goal and because I knew that this industry allowed me to do such thing and I work really well with pressuring myself. You know that. Like if my back is against the wall, you know, it's over. Like I will get it done. And so I just sat in there and then everybody's looking at me on Zoom and they're like, like, why are you running until midnight? Why are you? I'm like, hey, I have a house to buy. I need to have 200 grand on my bank account by, you know, in three weeks. From, we closed in two weeks. We got the house. It was crazy. So we're sitting in the couch. All, all of this just to talk about, we're sitting in the couch yesterday, 4th of July. We did nothing for 4th of July. Uh, we're sitting there and I'm looking at him I'm like, oh my God, a year ago, we didn't even have a house. 
you know, like we were living in a rental and, and it wasn't ours. And, and now we live in this beautiful house and everything changed for us. But if it wasn't for that mindset routine, if it wasn't for the disciplines, the disciplines that we put in place when we started in this industry three years ago, if it wasn't for the for for the for the consistency that we learned to create through those methods and through those systems, I 100% sure that we wouldn't be here today. Sure. So sure. I have I have a, a question for you following up to that. So do you feel like okay? So I meditate every morning, right? I have my systems, uh, uh, the six phase meditation, the reading, everything that you guys know I do. But um, when I don't do them. <laughs> I feel like my day is gonna go to stuff goes astray to yeah. crap. Hundred percent. Do you feel like that? Hundred percent. I'll tell you this, and I tell to try to explain this to my wife, but she she you know she love her, but she's not in a position that I am that I have to produce, right? So I tell my wife the the mental conditioning that it takes me about a good hour in the morning between the reading, the meditation, and everything is as important as brushing my teeth, putting deodorant on, watching, taking a bath. It, it's I can't start the day without that because it it creates good habits and in in life to be successful it's a, it's a question of looking at your habits your daily habits every day the people that are successful in life has successful habits so if you're not succeeding in life take a look at your habits take a look at your 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 routine those are the things that contribute to the success and what the meditation and the mindset and, and the whole mental uh you know working and working in, on your mind I, I i i set aside and i tell my wife I need an hour to work out because the body feeds the mind. You know, the more active you are, weightlifting, exercising, et cetera, that's pure vitamin, you know, vitamins that you're feeding your mind. And number two, just the, the mindset, you know, mentally working on your mind. Those two things, two hours a day out of the 24 hours is the most important time that you could have because it, it prepares you for the obstacles and the pitfalls in lives that keep you going because you're, you're focusing on your goal you, you know exactly what to do. You know exactly what to expect. So when something bad happens, it's already calculated, formulated in, and you keep going. You know, right. so yeah, it is the most important thing in the world. And you're absolutely 100% correct. The day I don't do it for whatever reason, I don't feel like I'm, I'm prepared for the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel as well. It's like, it's like you know, you, you missed out on something that was, that's that, that needs to be there to set you up. Um, Okay, so let's break down what are you doing right now so whoever is watching can kind of like get a little bit of a training. Sure. So you are running 100% Zoom appointments? Yeah. Um, the intent is Zoom, but sometimes you run into some people that don't know how to do Zoom, so you just do it a phone call. Okay, know? so virtual appointments, mostly Zoom, and you're going to help them out as, as you need to sure. on, on the phone. So um, what type of appointments are you running? Are you running mortgage protection, final expense, life insurance? What type of appointments? 100% mortgage protection. Mortgage protection. How many appointments are you running per week? I've built it up to where now it's between 70 and 80 a week. 70 and 80 70 appointments. 70 or 80 to 80 appointments a week. So, so you are running about, what, um, 20 appointments a day? 15? Close to. I'm actually running six days. Um, six days, okay. Yeah, so it's a little bit less, uh, but it, it's about 16. Okay, so you book about 16 appointments a day. What's your show rate like? Show rate's about 50%. Fifty percent, yeah, Somewhere and that's that's standard, guys. When you're doing virtual virtual appointments, you're gonna see around fifty percent show rate as long as you are booking same day or max, absolutely max, twenty four hours. Sure. When you get out of that twenty four hours, everything goes astray, really, because mm -hmm. you know 
you know people's priorities they sure. have other stuff going on okay so you're running about 16 appointments um uh, what kind of leads are you getting aria aria leads so you get aria leads uh are you working like a brand new brand new mortgage are you working age aria what kind of no i i run mostly brand new Brand new mortgage, yeah. okay. How many mailers are you, you... So if you don't know about Adelie's, Adelie's is a mail drop. So you drop the mail and all the leads that come in, it's, it's your leads. But um, what kind of... Uh, uh, how many mailers do you drop a week? Now I'm up to 10,000. 10,000 know, It's always between eight and 10,000, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing that people don't understand. So... Um, <laughs> During convention this year, uh, a lot of people came to me and they were like, Viv, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. How do you have 10 Hall of Fame producers direct to you? How do you have all these people doing 100 grand a month? How? Uh, how? And I'm like, well, how? Tell me how much How much does your top producer spending needs? And they're like, well, $1,500 a week. I'm like, they're never going to produce at a high level, ever, no. ever. That's That's not going to happen. And the thing is, a lot of people... I feel like within the industry, everybody wants to recruit everybody, right? So they, they come to you and say, hey, come over here, work with me. All you really need to do is spend $1,500 in leads. But the reality is a lot of people are not looking at this right. This is a business. Mm -hmm. And if you were trying to run a business and you're trying to uh, spend a little bit of money and you expect to have this massive return, it's not a business. It's a get-rich-quick scheme. And right. they, those don't exist or last. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, people need to understand their um, their ratios when it comes to investing into your business and what you're going to get out of it. So I'm going to break that down with you so people sure. can kind of understand. So you were, get, you were dropping about 10,000 mailers because your goal is to get to a million dollars this year. Correct. Right? Yep. So 10,000 mailers, how much does that cost a month? Uh, a week. Uh, just on the mailers? Yeah. About 8,000. And do you dial anymore or do you have dialers? No, I have two people booking. You me. have two dialers. So so you were spending 8,000 in leads, probably another, what, $1,000 with dialers? 900 bucks on the dialers. 900 bucks. So you're spending about $8,900 a week Correct. on your business, right? Correct. Uh, now, with that investment, how much are you submitting every week? About twenty. Between twenty and twenty-five, somewhere in that range. Twenty and twenty-five, and your issue paying. Uh, what do you what 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 was your highest month issue paid numbers? Oof, going into numbers of issue paid. In other words, what what cleared? Yeah, look, what do you, no? What the issue paid report shows? Like, what was your biggest number on the issue paid leaderboard? Do you remember? No, I don't recall. I think it was 90 96 maybe 96 yes yeah. yeah. so your highest month was 96000 you investing about uh $8900 a week so you are at 16 32000 um so this I have this is my math right I was I was sitting with Jeff uh, yesterday and I was doing his numbers and my numbers and just to kind of figure out profitability sure so I was figuring it out that if you issue paid I mean, I don't know other type of appointments, but if you wish to pay $50,000 on mortgage protection with a good retention rate, what's your retention rate like? Uh, it's, it's up there, 90 something. I think it's uh, about 90, about, yeah, close to 90, 90, 90 92, somewhere around that's there. That's six months? 
Yes. Six that's, months. So that's phenomenal. your retention rate is 90% over six months, which to be honest, it's unheard of. Our agency in general, it's kind of like our numbers are nuts when it comes to retention rate. It's specifically because we're doing virtual. And a lot of times with agencies doing virtual appointments, they have really low numbers. But so you have a 90% retention rate. Yeah. It, it, it Just to be fair, between 88 and 90 kind of goes, you know, changes a little bit. So right in that range. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. So... Um, my, the way that I kind of measure it is if you issue paid $50,000 is spending $5,000 a week. Okay. That would put your cost to invest into your business a month, $20,000. That's like, that's like a 5,000 mailers plus a dialer, for example. Right. And by the way, guys, dialer is only for like top, top producers that are producing at a very high level. If you're a brand new agent, I would never, ever let you get a dialer. All of my agents, they have to dial themselves until they get to $30,000 issue page. Otherwise, we do not, in any circumstances, allow them to get a dialer. Uh, I might as well just fire them too if they try. <laughs> just because you have to do the work yourself to learn how to do it. And then you have to train your dialer. And any dialer you're going to hire, it's like a brand new agents it's going to take a good three months at least for them to learn how to do it okay so going back to the numbers we have so my my the way that i calculate things for you to issue pay fifty thousand. if you know what you're doing you're going to put you're going to drop five thousand mailers you're going to have a dialer that's five thousand dollars a week your cost is going to be um twenty thousand dollars a month in a four-week month you issue pay 50 you're going to clear cash about twenty thousand Sure. So you have some chargebacks in there. You're going to have, you know, some other things. But after all the, the difference in, in carrier uh, uh, contracts, you're going to probably clear around $20,000. Sure. So what would you say that you're clearing, uh, like in a month that you did 96? So what would you say that would be like your, your actual monthly income? I think my net take home uh, was around 40. 40. 40. 50, somewhere around that. So 40, my theory 50, is yeah. kind of like, right? Yeah, because uh, you're not even counting now bonuses. All yeah. the other bonuses that are just, they just start stacking, you know, yeah. afterwards. Because you have the bonus from, you know, some of the some of the uh, carriers. You have the bonus from FFL. You, you know what I mean? So that really starts to stack up in your favor as well. Yeah, yeah. So it, so my theory is right. Because the thing is, I, I a lot of people like to exaggerate those numbers and say, hey, this person's making 100. They usually paid 100 grand. They're making 100 grand. Well, it's a business. You have expenses. That's not what you're going to make, mm -hmm. right? So um, so, so that, that sounds right. Um, so if your goal is to be on that $100,000 a month range, and not a lot of people can't get to that point because not it's, easy. It's, it's a grind. Yeah, it's not easy. What, what would you say is the biggest... Um, the biggest... Hurt, uh, uh, that's not a Hur word. Hurdle. Hurdle yeah. when you're trying to get to that point. Staying consistent every single day going at it. Uh, to me, the hardest thing about that is not, it's not having a good day or two or three. Success comes from back to back to back good days, which leads to back to back to back good weeks, which leads to back to back to back good months. And so the hardest thing is getting up the next day, and, and having that juice in you again to do it all over again. Because once the day, no matter how well you did one day, you got to hit reset the next day, the very next day. And you have to have that hunger, that desire that uh, you have to, that's where the mental condition comes in. You know, that's the hardest part is staying consistent, doing it every single time and not giving yourselves these small little pats on your back and taking some time off. 
Uh, I think one of the biggest things that people do when they have new success is they pat themselves on the back and throw too much of a party. You got to keep going. You take a step back, you look in the mirror, say, great. And then you got to keep going and you got to keep going. Don't spend too much time thinking that you're great, thinking that you've, you, you've, you've mashed it because the business will humble you quickly. You got to go back right back in and go at it again and go at it again. And go ahead. Don't, don't ever take the success for granted, but you don't ever take the grind for granted. You got to basically grind it out every single day because you might have two or three days when you have great success. Then you have two or three days where nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And your ability to stay focused and stay, keep your eye on that prize is going to get you past those three days and realize it's it, just keep doing. That's what, that's what builds character. Just keep going. Look in the mirror. Don't point fingers. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? Let me make some adjustments and keep going. I, I wanted to touch on something that was very well said, uh, by the way. You started in sales at a very young age, and we'll, we'll kind of you know wrap up with this. Um, and I find your stories fascinating and your, and your, your progression through sales and all the things that, and the experiences that you've gone through since such a young age, for me, it's fascinating because I, I, you know, I went to school, I went to university, I became an engineer, I was designing skyscrapers and you name it, all kinds of structures. Right. Um, so that's for me, that was never being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur. My father was an entrepreneur. He is an entrepreneur. He still owns his own business. Uh, so I got, I get that aspect of it, but for me it was, hey, follow the natural progression, become an engineer, whatever, find a job, make it to 100k in salary, and you're you're good, you know. Yeah, you made it. Yeah, you <laughs> made it. Yeah, I made it. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about what what led you to sales at such a young age. What and what do you think are the qualities, especially for a younger audience? Like, why should they do it? Why take a chance? You know, like, just give us a snippet of your, sure. tra- your trajectory and your, your, your progression. Yeah, that's actually a very cool, cool topic. Um, so my parents are from South America, Colombia. They came over here back in the 60s. And if you speak to anybody from a different country, especially a third world country, you know, there, there's a lot of pride in becoming a doctor, a lawyer, going to college and all this stuff. So that's the mentality and the culture that they come from. Somehow education equals money. Well, I went to University of Florida, double majored. Um, I'm that guy that didn't necessarily like school. That's not my biggest thing. But I always understood that I, whatever I did in life, my name was attached to it. So even if it's washing a car, mowing the last uh, grass, or going to school, I wanted to always do it at the highest level that I could. Well, I did pretty well uh, going through school until I hit my last year. And now I'm dealing with the big dogs. I'm dealing with the real people that are really deserve and need to be in, in law school. And um, I was nowhere near the levels that they were. And I started realizing something. I was like, this isn't really what I want to do. I'm not finding. I did what my parents wanted me to do until I started around 20, 21 years of age. I started thinking for myself, I was like, Am I, do I really want to do this? I'm just pleasing them, you know? And I started realizing that. You know, school doesn't necessarily equal money. It doesn't equal success in life. And I'm not knocking anybody out there that wants to get a college degree and all that. Has no, that this what I'm saying has nothing to do with that. But I started realizing, Alex, what is it that you really want to do? What are you good at? What do you 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 want to do something in life that, to me, work has always been a hobby that I could help people and make money. It's not work. So I thank God it's Monday versus thank God it's Friday. Imagine somebody getting up 
on Friday and saying, thank God it's Friday. That means your life sucks five days out of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, to me, that's terrible. My life is great every day, you know, so I look forward to Mondays, et cetera. So I, um, I got into, I started asking questions and I, I, I forget who it was, but someone said, imagining getting a job and someone telling you what your worth is. Someone telling you you're worth $40,000 a year. You're worth $50,000 a year. And no matter what you do, that's your worth. That somebody else who doesn't know me put their worth on my name. And that bothered me. You know, that bothered me. Another time I went to go buy a bed and I walked into a store and I couldn't afford the furniture in there. And I felt like I didn't belong in there. And that feeling was terrible inside. And I said, I got to find something where I make as much money as I deserve to make based on the effort that I put in and never be discriminated to where I can't walk into a store because I can't afford the furniture. It felt terrible. And so I started reading and find, asking questions. And I realized there's something that told me that they told me it's, a, it's an old word, but it said the peddler makes all the money. And then I got into sales. And when I got into sales and keep something in mind, this is important. Sales is not something you do when your first choice doesn't work out. Sales is an art form that if you do it right, it's an art form and the wealthiest people in the world had to market themselves and their product in order to get there. It wasn't education, it was sales. It's about marketing, marketing yourself, et cetera. So I took that to heart and my first year at 21 years of age in commodities, I made 100 grand and this is back in 1995. And I was like, boom, I'd made more money than all of the, my friends, more money than my parents had made several years combined, et cetera. And from that point forward, uh, that was it. I said, okay, let me just find something that I have a passion for that I could help people and simultaneously make money. That's, that's, I mean, that's it right there. Well, Viv and I did find sales because our first and second and 14th options didn't work, but I get, but I get what you're saying. Um, so Alex, I think we're going to wrap up there, but thanks for, for pouring into us and sharing. You want to, you want to say something, Viv? I got you. Hold on. Let me get you on camera here. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Alex, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, if anybody wants to work with you, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to, to contact you? So I could like get yeah. my contact. Okay. You uh, can if you want. Sure. <laughs> my my cell number is 305-798-8800 or you could email me at uh let me remember right alex at valenciaco.org alex at valencia my last name co.org um that's actually probably the best way because i normally don't take calls because i'm probably on an appointment or something um but if i don't answer leave a message and i'll always I'll always return my phone calls yeah we'll put that uh we'll get that on the screen um so people can contact you and you sure. don't have to like figure out your thing. So Absolutely. thanks guys for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining the Growth Circle podcast with Vivian and Adriano. If you want to know more about how to join hashtag team growth, you can, you know, just hit like, subscribe, contact us, send us an email. All our contact info is in the, the info on the uh, this YouTube page. And uh, remember that growth is a continuous process. So keep pushing yourself, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll catch you later. Bye. <laughs>